What's up, Dolphin fans? Welcome to the same old Dolphin show. I'm Josh Katzker. With me, as always, my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. It is Victory Monday, Brain. Oh, yeah. Wow. If if the season ended today, the Dolphins are a playoff team, baby. Unbelievable. I, listen, I don't think even the most optimistic Dolphin fan at any point, once the schedule was released, had at Atlanta as a victory for the Miami Dolphins. I don't think even the most optimistic prognosticator would have had the Dolphins down as definitely getting a W from Mercedes-Benz Stadium or whatever the hell the new Falcons place is called. Certainly not at any point prior to the fourth quarter of this game. I don't know what happened at halftime in the Miami Dolphins locker room, but the team that came out in that second half, it looked looked very different, at least at least on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, the defense was the defense was pretty good throughout. You'd have to say, although they certainly they got beat pretty bad in in that first half. But you didn't put that down to the defense being bad as much as you put it down to well, these are the Falcons and they're an offensive juggernaut and they're you know they're they're going to pick up some yards, they're going to score some points. And it, you know the question was always going to be whether or not the Dolphins would be able to get it together offensively in order to shut them down. But I don't know. If I'd go so far as to say that the Dolphins looked like a completely different team in the second half. Like I said, it, at least offensively, they, they seem to. I, I don't know. I, I mean, to me, in the first half of the game, they looked close. We, we saw in the first half of the game, they could move the ball. And especially they were moving the ball on the ground. They were running the ball with success. Yeah, the offensive line... Put it together. Kind of. Well, at least they certainly seem to in this game. Yeah. It it looked a hell of a lot better in this game than it looked in any of the three previous matchups. Yeah, well, especially the run blocking. But again, you, you came into this game, you knew you had to run the ball because of how putrid the passing game has been. And the strength of the Falcons' defense is getting after the passer and their speed. But they've been beatable uh, as far as their run defense. So you knew, look, you've got to run the ball. If there's one thing Atlanta doesn't do well, it's stop the run. That's where you have to, you don't run the ball while you, you have no chance of winning this game. So it's clear that they put an emphasis on that. It's clear they came out, in a lot of two tight end sets in this game, they put an emphasis on playing power football, and it worked. And the offensive line, you know, obviously they've been under a lot of scrutiny just because of their play, but also, you know, what happened with the the, the coach, you know, Forrester and all that. So the offensive line has been under a Which, lot of scrutiny. Which, by the way, we, did, we have week. not talked about on this show the, the Chris Forrester thing. It sort of it happened. I feel like we're a little late on it. Yes, at this we're a little point. we're a little late on it, and I think we can talk about it in the context of how things change for the offensive line. 
in light of that. But I mean, because, you know, that news all broke right after, like literally right after we did our recap show last week, recapping the Titans game, the Forster news broke. And I thought you might mention it in the preview show that you did for the Falcons, but we'll just say you blew right past it. Well, that's what happens when you find out 20 minutes before you're going to record a show that you're flying solo and you've got no notes and you just wing it. So I ended up being a, you know, kind of a rambly mess, but you I know, you did okay. I got through it. I thought you did. I, okay. I, I give it a C. I give it a solid C. That's fine. Um, but in the first half of this game, the Dolphins showed that they could move the ball, but they also continued to show that if they get stopped on first down and they get put into second and long, there's either a screen pass or a draw coming and they're going to end up in third and long and it's not a high percentage play against any defense. Uh, as, and, you know, really for any team, you know, for any offense, it's not really a high percentage play. But unless you have Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, uh, and nobody's got Aaron Rodgers now, um, but unless you, you unless you've got Tom Brady, you're not picking up third and long on a consistent basis. And we continued to see that. The thing that changed in the second half, from my eyes, was the Dolphins had a little bit more success on first down. They got into third and manageables. They had more success on second down. The short passing game was working. The running game was working. But it was still really, really difficult. I mean, everybody's praising the team that the first drive of the second half, they come out 15 plays, 75 yards. They take up. Eight minutes and 43 seconds. It's just what the doctor ordered. It's just what I called for on the preview show, which is ball control. Yeah, that's all well and good. It was really hard. <laughs> it's really hard for a, for any offense, let alone a struggling offense like this one, to put together a 15-play drive and have it end in a touchdown. But, but it did. And it did, and... It was also aided by a big penalty. Yes, but we can't and forget that there was a big part of the Dolphins' comeback was that the Falcons did some serious and, imploding and this, in on themselves. And this is where I'm at. You can't take away the resiliency of the Dolphins, uh, and they showed it last week against the Titans with their with their game-winning drive in the fourth quarter. And... You know, not even on the touchdown drive, but also on a couple other drives where they were able to get a couple of first downs to to keep the clock moving and and limit the amount of time that Tennessee would have to get the ball back or to to do anything with it. And what you're seeing is the Dolphins have they're still it's as vanilla an offense as you will find, and it is not exciting, uh, and it is very predictable. But it's all about whether or not we can run the ball. And if we can run the ball and we can complete short passes, we can move the sticks. But it requires just almost perfection because you cannot you cannot uh, have any penalties because this offense cannot do anything once they're in second and 15. I mean, the, it's it's over at that point, unless the other team gives you a gift. And on the Dolphins' first drive of the second half, 
They're moving the ball really well, but they're faced with a third and 12. And Atlanta has an encroachment penalty, and it makes it third and seven. Third and seven opens up the playbook a little bit. Dolphins end up throwing the touchdown pass to Kenny Stills on the third and seven as opposed to the third and 12. That's a penalty that it doesn't seem like much because it's just five yards and still third and seven is not a gimme. But there's a huge difference between the way a team defends a third and seven and the way a team defends a third and 12. Because a third and seven, little yard pass can easily do a seven-yard gain. On a third and 12, you're giving up the short stuff and you're just making sure that you keep everything, you know, six, seven yards from the line of scrimmage. And it, especially with your backs to the end zone, there's almost no room to work uh, down the field. Well, look, if we for the quarterback and for those receivers. So it's a huge difference. Third and seven and third and twelve, and that's a big reason why we get the touchdown. Well, let's then, not forget. Let's not forget that if we've learned anything about the Miami Dolphins, if that if that they find themselves in a situation where it's third or third third and ten or more, you're going to see about a five yard pass. Right. Well, Period. I mean that, and that's what we've seen all year long. But even a five yard pass on third and seven, you know that that can easily go for a first down. Yes. Continue. Um, continue. I mean, but okay, so anyway, they get the touchdown. The defense in the second half. I think you, you kind of just blew past the fact that the Dolphins got a touchdown. Like Jay Cutler, look, they, they scored. It, was, it took a lot for them to get down there, and it was a great drive. It just it's it was really hard. And that's that's what I'm saying, is it it took a lot for the Dolphins to get down there. And they should be commended that they got it and they ended it in a touchdown. It was huge and it's a statement. And you often hear, especially when you're down big at at the half, that and you get the ball to start the second half, you hear it a lot. You're going to find out if we've got a game by the way that team comes out on that first drive after halftime. And the Dolphins responded. And they should be commended for it. They Look, they earned it. I'm just saying they were helped out by a penalty. The defense, the entire second half, was phenomenal. I mean, lights out. Let's talk about this, this defensive line. How about, how about the game of the season for these guys so far? Yeah, well, I mean, it's like they picked up right where they left off against Tennessee – Obviously, this a much better opponent, and you're on the road, reigning MVP in Matt Ryan. Let's go back to the first half of the game for a little bit. I think the, the strategy was where it needed to be early in the game, which was focus on stopping the run, play bend but don't break, but you got to get off the field on third down, and Atlanta is just a good offense, and it's tough to get them off the field, and there were plays where... You know, the coverage was there, but Matt Ryan makes a throw. Julio Jones makes a catch. Uh, you get it. I mean, there was another play where it was, I think, third and eight. And uh, 
I think it was Austin Hooper or it might have been Taylor Gabriel came across the middle and there was like nobody there. That's the play that really hurts when you've got them in third and long and they pick up the first down, uh, you know, the third and twos, third and threes. It's going to be difficult to stop Atlanta on plays like that. They're just a very good offense and a very good offense uh, that is very diversified in what they can do is very difficult to stop on a third and three or third and four or something like that. But on third and eight, that's where you got to get off the field. And the Dolphins failed to do so uh, on a couple of occasions on the Falcons' first couple of drives. Uh, first time the Falcons got the ball, the Dolphins were able to stop them to a field goal. Second time the Falcons got the ball, uh, they did some bending, and then they broke, uh, giving up the big pass play. to the, the guy's name is escaping me. I think he was a practice squad player coming into the game. Uh, and playing, making like his first start of the season, and Matt Ryan hits him on the 50-yard bomb. Hall. Uh, and at that point, you're thinking, oh, geez, this could get ugly. Yes, Marvin Hall is the player you're thinking of. Yeah. And then, you know, the Dolphins offense, again, gets into Falcons territory and gets stopped. And then there was a drive where I thought, okay, the, the dam has burst. And this is going to get really bad uh, because then the Falcons started to run the ball and the defense looked in my eyes. They looked demoralized and they looked like not that they gave up, but that the emotion that they had come into the game with had gone. And that that sense of belief or that sense of faith that they could keep the Dolphins in the game. You know, in spite of their offense, it just seemed to leave. And that's where I thought the halftime coming where when it did was a huge help because even you saw it at the end of the half, the Falcons, if they had a few more seconds left on the clock, they're probably putting more points on the board at the end of, of the first half. But because as it was, as it was, they missed a field goal, like a 60 yard field. Goal. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, if they have a few seconds left, if God forbid they have a minute left, they're probably scoring a touchdown. But if they, if they have even like 10 seconds more, uh, they're getting into more manageable field goal range for one of the best kickers in the game in Matt Bryant. And it's probably 20 to nothing at halftime, which, as it turns out, would be a pretty big difference. But again, the Dolphins down 17 nothing at the half. They get that big drive to start the second half. The defense responds. I mean, they completely took over the game when, when Atlanta had the ball and then for the Dolphins to get the ball back, and then here it is again, is this the Dolphins' offense, or is this the Falcons' choking? Now, granted, I'm I'm as happy as a pig in shit that the Dolphins made something happen by throwing the ball down the field. But it was a terrible throw. <laughs> and it, it could have easily been intercepted. Um... And the Dolphins get a pass interference call uh, on Jay Cutler throwing the ball across his body down the field to Jakeem Grant in double coverage. And we get bailed out by a pass interference. Hey, sometimes the breaks go your way. It's a well, big yeah. part of it. But it, And so that sets up uh, – that's a 26-yard penalty. And that sets up the Dolphins. And granted, they still have to go out and score – of course, a couple plays later, Jay Cutler throws an interception. But? But. 
a very stupid roughing the passer penalty. And granted, it's a penalty. The call is correct. But again, this had nothing to do with anything great that Jay Cutler did or that the Dolphins offense did. This is the Falcons basically gifting Miami like 40 yards do you on think, this drive. Do you think that penalty, because it looked, it was such a bad, like it was such a stupid roughing the passer penalty. I really thought that when that penalty happened, I thought, you know what? This is one of those rare times where Jay Cutler just sort of being this indifferent sort of schmoey douchebag really worked out for the Dolphins because I think if he's not that character, <laughs> that how you really feel. I think I think if he's not that kind of, you know, really schmoey douchebag. Schmo. I think if he's not such a schmoey douchebag, probably that guy, you know doesn't think he can get away with taking three steps and then knocking knocking him over. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to go Jay so Cutler far just as seems to say like the kind of that, guy that you just... That Jay, you Cutler, Jay Cutler's schmoey douchiness. Schmoey douchiness. I think that's the name of the episode, schmoey douchebag. <laughs> that that somehow, uh, you know, influenced... A Falcons defender to make a stupid play. Uh, I just think it's a stupid play. And it's, uh, you know, sometimes stupid players do stupid things. And, you know, sometimes smart players do stupid things. But, look, again, it, it, it basically puts the Dolphins on the doorstep. And they get into the end zone, the touchdown pass to Landry. And now it's a 17 to 14 game. And I don't know if it was the next possession. I think it was the very next possession. The Falcons get the ball. And the defense, again, Three and is, is tremendous. Is tremendous. I mean, Cameron Wake, what a game. Lawrence Timmons all over the field. Uh, Cordry Tankersley and Xavier Howard did as, as good a job as you could ever have hoped. Listen, if you against- go into Atlanta, yeah, you go into Atlanta and you hold – Julio Jones to six receptions for 72 yards, no touchdowns. You're feeling oh, good about yourself. Yeah, that's, that's a win for the defense. Absolutely. Um, but then on fourth down, Atlanta's got a punt, and they fumble the snap <laughs> on the punt. Yeah. It looked uh, like it looked like they maybe had a fake punt on. And I that don't they, think so. It was like fourth and like 20. I don't know. It, it just looked very strange. At any rate, I mean, now the Dolphins are given great field position. And they get the field goal. I, I mean, I'm not sure. Was, was that the – did the did the punt fiasco, did that happen at 17-14 or 17-17? Pretty sure it happened on 17-14. Okay, so then we tie it up on that ensuing drive. The defense again makes a stop. I mean, again, just – what a half by the defense. And then it's not all the defense to to just shut down Atlanta for an entire half. A lot of it happens because the offense is able to move the ball and stay on the field, which gives Atlanta fewer opportunities to score points. And on the on the drive where the Dolphins eventually take the lead, here's where I had a problem. Look, the Dolphins got into field goal range. 
and they got there using the short passing yeah, game. I hated this in the moment. I was, I was, this was it. This was where I was like, oh, this is going to be such a same old Dolphins finish. And so, oh my God. After a, after a first down run to Jay Ajayi, either gets like no gain or one yard or, you know, it was pretty much a, you know, he was stuffed or it might've been a, it might've been a pass on first down. Actually, it might've been a pass on first down. It was a run. It was, it was three runs in a row. Yep. It was a run. Ajayi went left tackle, no gain. They gave it to him again, left guard, lost a yard. And then uh, on third and 11, Cutler threw a short pass to Julius Thomas and it was incomplete. Right. So and and it was like a it had no chance of being a first down. Yeah, none. Yeah, so they got super conservative once they got into field goal range. And this look, I get with, it. With two and a half minutes to go, right. mind you. Yeah, and that's important too, because it's not like there's thirty seconds left in the game right. or something and you're trying to force Atlanta to use their timeouts and you're you're trying to kill clock. Atlanta had plenty of time. You know, time was not really a huge factor in any kind of decision that the Dolphins were making. This had everything to do with, we got into field goal range, let's not screw this up, let's make sure that we get three. We absolutely played for the field goal. And, uh, look, I get it. Your offense has not been great. Uh, You don't really have... Too much reason to trust that they won't screw it up. And your defense has been outstanding in the second half. And so you do kind of trust them. But we've seen this time and time again, and we saw it in the opener against the Chargers. You give a Pro Bowl quarterback with a good offense plenty of time, they're going to move down the field And they're going to have a chance to, at the very least, tie the game. The Dolphins get the field goal after playing for it. Tony Sperano was happy. Matt Ryan starts marching him right down the field. And it's just like, look, we've seen this so many times. This is is how it ends. This This is what happens when you play for field goals. The Falcons get into field goal range. But then the Falcons who are known for playing aggressively, they get aggressive, and the combination of Cordry Tankersley and Rashad Jones, they come up with the play of the game and the play of the season so far. Uh, Really a perfectly thrown ball to Austin Hooper. Tankersley gets his hand in there, knocks it out, and Johnny on the spot, Rashad Jones, Reading the route, cuts off the route, ball bounces right into his hands. Game ceiling interception, ball game. First interception of the season for the Miami Dolphins defense. And I sat there and I watched it and I said, I don't think the Dolphins are any better now than I thought they were 20 minutes ago or or one hour ago. And they're three and two. And I don't know how the hell that just happened. Yeah, but you know what? It did. All I can say is that two things. Number one, defense. All right, they're legit. Uh, This is quite possibly a top 10 unit 
in the league. Uh, top three now in points per game allowed. Uh, still around middle of the pack in total yards allowed per play. But one of the best run defenses in the league. This is a legit defense. And when you can and over the last three weeks, it's been a defense that I believe is top five in yards allowed per play. So it's a defense that you have to take into consideration the first two games of the season. No Lawrence Timmons, no Ray Malaluga, trying to figure out that whole linebacker situation. Uh Cordry Tankersley, a guy who uh, at that point was the fourth corner on the depth chart behind Byron Maxwell and Alteron Werner, uh, a rookie who hadn't seen very much action. He's now earned his stripes and has now solidified himself as a starting corner on this team. This is a defense that has figured itself out personnel-wise as they've gotten more pieces. And there's more pieces coming, That's too, right. which, is, which is really exciting. That's right. I was going to say. A, this has been a really good defense the past three weeks. And... I think it's legit at this point when you go into Atlanta and you stop that offense and you completely shut them down for an entire half. I think it's time to give the defense the credit that they're due. This was a fantastic performance by them. Yeah, That's this one. is in this is in. I think you could go so far as to say this is an elite defense in the in the in the National Football League. I'm not ready to go there yet. And and like like here's the thing, right? Let, let's take a look at the situation that the Miami Dolphins somehow find themselves in. And this is this is where you get you get you start drinking that Kool-Aid a little bit too quick. You you get a little uh brain get freeze. Get a head rush. Yeah. yeah. But look, the Dolphins find themselves at three and two somehow, right? Next week they got the Jets coming to town. A Jets team that that lost to New England over the weekend and Plenty of controversy in that game that we're not going to get into. Um, but I think fair fair to say that the Patriots outplayed the Jets. Um, I think the Dolph- this is a Dolphins team that has something to prove after their last performance against the Jets. So you have a big game coming up at home against the Jets. A game where I think... I, it wouldn't surprise me if the Dolphins came out of that one with a victory. Okay. Dolphins should be favored to win that game. They should be favored to beat the Jets. Then they travel to Baltimore, a place where they are never any good against the Ravens. Team. The Dolphins just always seem to struggle with the Ravens. But this is a Ravens team that is not great. It's a Ravens team that lost to the Chicago Bears this weekend. Yeah, and it's not a very good Ravens team. It's, it's a very winnable game. It's, so that is a winnable game. Then they come home and they take on a Raiders team that's just a mess right now. Uh, Raiders team that lost. All right, let let me stop you. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. All right. Go. 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 Do do your little uh, Mike and the Mad Dog going through the schedule thing. The Raiders. The Ra- this Raiders team is a mess right now. Okay. Yes, it has a potent offense when it's when it's clicking. It hasn't been clicking. Who knows what the state of David Carr is? Uh. And. Or Derek Carr, David Carr, which which whichever one of the cars is wearing the eyeliner and playing quarterback for the for the Raiders. You know, when that team is clicking, you know, they've got a very potent offense, but their defense is really nothing special. And their offense really hasn't been clicking. So again, and it's a home game against a team traveling across the country, it's a winnable game. You could see the Miami Dolphins somehow 
making their way to 6-2. and two. Then TJ McDonald comes back. And the Dolphins have to travel to Carolina for a legitimately tough game against a very good Carolina Panthers team. All I'm saying is, what were we saying at the beginning of the season? Dolphins had to start off, what, 4-1, and 4-2 and two for us to consider this, you know, to have a chance because the schedule gets really tough down the stretch? I mean, the fact of the matter is, as bad as they played against the Jets, the Saints, and even the Titans, and in the first half against the Falcons, it's all right there for the Miami Dolphins, and it's all in front of them. And if the defense continues to be as good as it has been, listen, if the Miami Dolphins offense can find a way to scrounge up 20 points a game, 9-7, and 10-6 and six maybe, not impossible to see. That's all I'm saying. Okay, you're done going through the schedule? Okay, now bring me back down to earth. Okay. Week one against the Chargers. All right. Looking at the schedule to start the season, what would you have said at at the Chargers? I would have said winnable game. Okay. Would you would you have predicted a win? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Particularly particularly once we hit a bye in week one. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Week week uh, three, uh, game two. Let's just say let's go by games, not weeks, because it's confusing. Yeah. Game two against the Jets at Win. the Jets. Win. They lost. Right. Game three. Uh, in London against the Saints. Loss. I mean, now did you now you say loss because you predicted loss going in. Uh, but would you have said loss coming into the season? Maybe. Yeah, I think so. Okay. But but you would have said uh, victor. Uh, but you would have called for the victory against the Jets. Yes. Right. Uh, the Titans game at home again. You probably would have said winnable game. Probably. If if Mariota plays in that game, did you pick the Dolphins to win that game? You did pick the you you picked the Dolphins to blow them out actually against the Titans. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. Either way, I was the wrong. point is we won, know, but my prediction yeah, was was a yeah, little off. We won, but we got beat by the Jets twenty to nothing in a game that you thought we were going to win twenty to six. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you, Devontae Parker. Garbage time fantasy um, points. Then the Falcons game at the Falcons. You you thought, oh, for sure we're going to lose. You Lost. picked us to lose by 25. Right. We win. That's correct. Okay. So your predictions are as good as the Dolphins right now. That's true. Three and two. No, my predictions are two and three. Chargers. Your predictions are three and two. You got the Chargers game right, the Saints game right. Oh, my prediction. Okay, I got you. I got you. Go ahead. Yeah. Your predictions are are just as good as the Dolphins. Okay. So far. Okay. Which is to say that they're mediocre. We're about 500 over here. Okay. We're a half game out of first place. Thank you very much. So to just go and say, oh, the Dolphins are going to win the next three games, they they very conceivably could be six and two. Yeah. they, They very conceivably could be three and four. Or four and three. I think it's more likely they're four and three than they're six and two. Well, I, listen, 
I'm just saying. My point is, you can't just go look. Well, at listen, the four and three and six and two. Where's that's? Well, listen, if they go four and three, they miss a game. Or um, <laughs> I guess yeah, I guess you're right. I, I I would say they're more likely to be four and four than six and two. True. Yeah, I I just. All I'm, I'm, all I'm saying. I, I think the Dolphins, what they've shown in the last two weeks, is that they're resilient. Yes. Well, I think that that's one of the biggest things. And 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 like you can get on Adam Gase for his play calling. You can you can be upset with him for a lot of different reasons. But one thing that we've seen, the and the clearest difference between the Adam Gase era and any of the eras that preceded it, whether it's Joe Philbin, whether it's uh, I don't know who was who was the coach right before Philbin, uh, Cam Cameron, Cam Cameron, no, right? Well, no, 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 um, no. Before Philbin, was it Cam Cameron? No, Cam Cameron came in before Sperano. So Sperano was the coach. Sperano. Okay, great. Yeah. Oh, so whether it was Sperano, whether it's Cam Cameron, whether it's uh, Joe Philbin, whether it's uh, what's his ass that was the uh, coordinator took over, took over after Philbin was fired for the rest Todd of the Bowl? season. Dan Campbell. Oh God. You know, Man Campbell. Man Campbell. The biggest difference is that this team doesn't fold they don't quit they bounce back and they fight which is something different and you know and at the moment they're the team that ends up on the right side of these close games i think what is it how many games in a row now have the dolphins it's really incredible been it's, victorious it's, it's, in close games 11 in a row now games decided, games by, decided three or by seven but no by seven or less unbelievable what a stat and that yeah, is and that really incredible. and that is a credit to adam gase you know, regardless of what you think about anything else, that is a credit to him. And so I, I think that I, is as good a reason as any to say, hey, let's see what happens. We've, we're in the, the, the fact is, look, this is the Dolphins, right? And yeah, we find ourselves in this position every year where we get to the middle of the season and we're somehow right in the thick of things, right? But I think let's, let's enjoy it. Let's be, let's be positive. There's a chance. Listen, I think, yes, there's the defense could always fall apart, but this offense really still only has one direction to go. You know, it took a big, I, it took a, guess, it took a step forward. I was going to say big, but it wasn't a big step, but it, this offense took a step forward this week. Something happened to Jay Cutler at halftime where he, he, he at least seemed moderately interested in playing in the second half of this game. Are you saying this? If not for a roughing the passer penalty. Am I saying that he looked at least halfway interested in playing the game? Look, that that Jay Cutler interception that was an interception was as bad as it gets. But the fact of the matter was there was a penalty and you gave they gave him a second chance and he ended up throwing a touchdown pass. And most, I would say most NFL quarterbacks and most NFL offenses... When they get a second chance like that, they they come through because it's a very demoralizing thing to happen yes. to a defense. Um, and football is a very emotional game. Right. And when there's such a huge momentum swing like that, oftentimes that's what happens. And 
this second half had a ton of momentum swing plays that went Miami's way. And the week before against Tennessee, the the two biggest plays of the game, really, uh, you know, before you got to the to the to the touchdown drive at the end, uh, was the 14 point swing that happened in the second quarter, uh, where a a deep pass is nullified by an offensive passer, a deep touchdown, like a 70 yard touchdown, is taken off the board by like an offensive pass interference call, and two plays later. The Dolphins get a fumble for a touchdown, a fumble that isn't even ruled a fumble originally. Um, And it's just, look, the Dolphins defense earns their credit and the Dolphins offense earns their credit for being opportunistic. And the team as a whole deserves credit for being opportunistic, for not giving up and for figuring out ways to win close ball games. But so far... In this team's three wins, it's been more lucky than good. And that's not to say that they, you know, that they're that they haven't deserved to win any of these games. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying you play those three games over again, and I'm betting that the Dolphins don't go three and zero in them. And I'm not surprised sure. if they go one and two. But. But the fact of the matter is you don't play those games over again. Right. And, of and, and I'm not, and I'm not saying you should feel bad. I'm not saying you should feel negative. You should feel great that you're three and two. But you shouldn't you shouldn't lose sight of that. You shouldn't go off the wall thinking, oh, this is an elite defense and the offense has only one way to go. Well, listen. Because the offense hasn't really gone anywhere. <laughs> No. I mean, short, save for a couple of penalties, the Dolphins may have come out of this game with 10 points. Well, no, see, but here's the thing. This is, it's the difference between the Dolphins offense that, that couldn't find, couldn't make holes for Jay Ajayi before. And suddenly Jay Ajayi's running all over the place. You know, that's, that's not just. Uh, well, he did get 96 of his yards after contact. Right, which is the Jay Ajayi style. But he's ran, he ran 26 times for 130 yards. Right. And five yards a carry. And Good. the offensive line did what they needed to do to get him through that because previous to this, he wasn't even getting that. He couldn't get going at all. Right. And, and against this game, teams that against teams that have played better run defense than the Atlanta Falcons. And his other big game came against the Chargers defense that has been the worst run defense in the league so far. Yep. Um, that's not to say that Jay Ajayi isn't a beast and that the offensive line didn't have a good game. It's just something to take into perspective and also look at the play of the quarterback and not just play the result, which is a win, but look at it and say, it, did Jay Cutler play well in this game? Because I saw a lot of throwing off of his back foot, whether he was under pressure or not. That was primarily in the first half, though. There was a lot I, less of that going on in the second half of this game. 
In the second half of this game, Jay Cutler looked a lot more like a, a competent quarterback. Listen, I'm not saying I'm not sitting here saying the Dolphins are going to run the table and win the AFC East and become a great and, and be a great football team. That's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is that the Dolphins find themselves in a very good position, and looks like I, you'd be you'd be silly to deny that this offense is still leaving a lot to be desired. Yeah, they played better in this game. And it had yes, they were aided by stupid penalties by the Falcons and you know the the fact is maybe they don't have the best run defense in the world. But this Dolphins offense put it together. It's one thing to play a team that has a bad rush defense, it's another thing to take advantage of it. And they right, did yeah. take advantage of it. And in the second half, they did it without Mike Pouncey. They had Jake Brendel in its center. And they were still creating holes for Jay Ajayi. So, I think you, you have to say, okay, good. They took a step forward. I think it'd be silly to deny that this team took a step forward offensively. But there's still a long way to go for this offense to to for it to be what I would even consider to be a good offense. So far, in this game against Atlanta, the offense was, it took a step forward. It was serviceable for what the Dolphins needed it to be. And quite frankly, if the defense is going to continue to play as well as it's playing, if the Dolphins' offense can be serviceable and get you 20 points a game, like I said, I think there's a decent shot this team is in the, in the playoff conversation come week 17. That's all I'm I saying. I think that, it, yeah, and I get that. But I'm saying that if the offense plays the way that it played yesterday, they're not getting 20 points a game on average because they're going to play better defenses than the Falcons and they're not going to be gifted the points like they were gifted in this game. Can I give you a stat? Give me a stat. This season, the Miami Dolphins are 3-0 and when they score seven or more points. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> if they score so seven or more it. points, they win. Yeah. Okay. If so, as long as Cody Parkey can make the extra point or three field goals, Dolphins win. Brain, or two touchdowns. Brain, we've been talking about this game a long time. You want to quickly give us your three stars of the game and we can wrap it up here? Uh, we going from three, two, and one? Sure. Um. I'm giving him I, I'm 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 gonna say honorable mention to Rashad Jones for, for the big play at the end, but he's not I'm I'm omitting him from my three stars. Star number three is Lawrence Timmons. Uh he has absolutely been a huge upgrade for this line since he has come in. No longer have the Dolphins struggled to to defend running backs out of the backfield. Uh, he's he's making plays on the edge in the running game. He's covering guys out of the backfield. He's been a sure tackler. Uh, he's been all over the place making plays. Um, so it's been great to have him out there. And this one was another gem of a game by him. Star number two, Cameron Wake. Uh, just all over, you know, you know, just wreaking havoc in Atlanta's backfield. 
Uh, just about every chance that he, that he got, he was dominant as an edge rusher in this game. And number one, the J train, Jay Ajayi. Uh, just you could tell from the first carry of the game uh, that he was feeling spry and that his attitude, he was going to run angry and it was going to be one of those games, just a just vintage Jay Ajayi game where uh, he's going to be incredibly difficult to bring down. And, uh, you know, he's the kind of runner that if, if you can feed him 20 plus times a game, he gets stronger as the game goes on and it, it really wears on a defense, but you have to keep, you have to be able to be playing with a lead or playing in a close game to get him to there. Um, and he played a big role in making sure that the dolphins could get there along with the defense. And then when, he got there and he got his carries. He just got stronger and stronger and stronger. 130 yards, 96 after contact. Jay Ajayi is my star of the game. Yeah, my, my three stars of the game, my top two look exactly the same as yours, which this seems to be a trend that's developing with us. Uh, my number three star of the game, somebody we have not yet mentioned on the show because I was tossing around the idea of Xavier Howard, maybe Xavier Howard. Uh, maybe Cordray Tankersley. Um, I was thinking, I was thinking because both of them had big games shutting down some of those, uh, Atlanta receivers. And although, you know, hey, we caught a break. Sanu wasn't, was hurt in this game, didn't play. Uh, Julio Jones, obviously not at a hundred percent either, but hey, you take what's put in front of you. And, and quite frankly, Julio Jones at 75% is still better than a lot of wide receivers in this league. Um, but I'm going to make my, my number three star is going to be Kenny Stills stepping up. With Devontae Parker hurt, Kenny Stills stepped up and and made some big plays, made some big catches uh, in this game that that proved to be very important in keeping drives alive and and moving the football down the field, particularly when Jarvis Landry was dropping pass after pass in this game. And talk about things where this offense can improve. It's uh, Jay Ajayi and Jarvis Landry not dropping balls that are, that are granted, maybe not the best thrown balls, but you know, when you want to be paid as one of the top wide receivers in the league, you got to make that catch homeboy. You got to make that catch. So I'm, I'm putting Kenny Stills in there as my third star. I like it. I thought Kenny Stills had himself a, a nice little football game. Solid football game. Uh, I hope we get Devontae Parker back. Yeah, I would say that... um, He's going to be a game-time decision probably coming up. For the steps that the Dolphins' offense has made in the fourth quarter against Tennessee and then in the second half of this game, one element that is missing is the ability to throw the ball down the field. And it appears that, you know, we've seen it. You know, we saw it in the opener and we we saw it, you know, granted it was garbage time, but Jay Cutler feels confident throwing the ball down the field to Devontae Parker and pretty much nobody else on this roster. So um, if there's one way that maybe the Dolphins could get something easy from their offense by getting a, you know, a chunk play out of their passing game that's not aided by a penalty – uh, getting Devonte Parker back might go a long way towards getting them there. So hopefully, uh, he can uh, shake off this ankle sprain and get back in there. 
uh, next week against the Jets. Like I, I, like I said, he was doubtful for this last game, which means and ultimately ended up being inactive. I imagine that he's going to be probably not going to be practicing a whole lot this week, and it's going to be a game time decision to see whether or not he can go. Wouldn't surprise me if he wasn't quite ready yet. But uh, anyway... This has been a fun one, Brain. I, I love it when the Dolphins win. These shows are a lot more fun to do when they win. And that's two in a row now. Yeah, they're a lot more fun because I'm just as negative as I always am. And, and you're feeling really chipper. Head in the clouds, baby. Head in the clouds. Brain, tell the people where they can find you. Can find me on Twitter at Aaron the Brain, and can also find me writing for DolphinsReport.com. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Amplified to Rock. You could follow the show. One of these days, we're going to put this at the beginning of the show. You know, one of these yeah, days. We one always of these say days it. we'll remember. We always put it. We always talk about it. We're like, we got to do the plugs at the beginning. And then we get into the show. We start talking about the Dolphins and we get carried away. One but, of these days, we'll actually have a show sheet yeah, to remind but, us. Of listen, we don't need notes. We're freestyling here. We got, we got, we know what we're talking about. We just we just got to get around to it, right? Exactly. So Speaking we, of getting we throw around it all to it. in at the end. Exactly. You can follow me on Twitter at Amplified to Rock. You can follow this show at Same Old Dolphin Show. That reminds me, we do have a question on Twitter, Brain. Oh, I gotta I gotta throw this in, um, and I think it'd be the perfect one. So let me finish let me finish the plugs here. You can follow us. At Same Old Dolphin Show. Download, rate, and review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes. Follow us on SoundCloud. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Leave us a comment. Tell us what you think of the show. We're always interested in your feedback, whether it's positive or negative. Uh, we want to hear what you have to say. So, so let us know. And uh, of course, always a shout out to our friends at uh, Bad Bruno, who uh, gave us the fantastic Miami Dolphins fight song that we use to open and close the show each week. Uh, follow them at Bad Bruno Punk. All right, Brain, here is our question. The question this week comes to us from at John F. Nally. And he says, does this win catapult this team into believing in themselves and leading us to a win streak? Well, you know what I think. What do you think? Um. Well... I don't think this team stop necessarily stopped believing in themselves, but uh, and I think that's evidenced by the fact that they were able to come back. Because if I if they didn't believe in themselves, I don't think that they come back. Um, and as far as whether it catapults them to a win streak, they're on a win streak now. How long does that win streak last? That is correct. How long does that win streak last? I feel good about the game next week. Um. I wonder about the Baltimore. I, I wonder about the Baltimore game because, look, I, you got to take it week to week. And I mean, obviously, it's like the cliche that you're going to hear from all the guys, you know, coming out of the locker room and everything. And the, you know, it's coach speak and player speak and all that. But I'm not sold on the team in general. I, I'm I'm sold on the defense being legit. I'm not sold on this offense being able to do anything if they can't run the ball. Um, and if they struggle to run the ball, then I think they're going to struggle to beat anybody. Uh, and Baltimore has a good defense. And one thing that Baltimore has done against Miami, the way that they've beaten them, is they've been the more physical team. And Miami, 
when they've won, it's because they've been the more physical team. And when they're not the more physical team, they've typically lost because they're not some, you know, shootout like offensive juggernaut team. Uh, if Miami can't control the line of scrimmage and can't be the more physical team, they it at this point they have failed to show that they can win. And so the Baltimore game scares me. But look, it can it, does it catapult them to a winning streak? Technically, they're already there, and I like their chances next week. I, not for nothing, but I do want to just point out that uh, Jordan Howard ran for 167 yards against the Ravens yesterday. Just wanted to. Well, the Bears have been a great run team, though, yes. all year. Uh, and yeah, I, uh, listen, I, we'll get into this when we get into our Ravens preview. I just wanted to throw that out there. Just wanted to throw yeah, it out well, there. Well, I mean, this was a nice win, and it was a nice performance by the offensive line against a not-so-great run defense. Next week will be interesting because the Jets completely shut down the running game the first time they met up. So we'll see. Yeah, I have a feeling it's not. We're not going to see more of the same. I, I have a feeling we're going to see a very different game. Uh, we'll be back later this week to preview that one. And uh, you know what? It's going to be. It's going to be a fun week. The, suddenly, this game against the Jets. I mean, you know, it's always exciting on Jets week, but now it's really exciting because there's a lot to play for. The Dolphins are coming off of a win. They're on a two-game winning streak, and uh, yeah. It, they're flying high at the moment. I think they're ready to get some revenge, but we'll, uh, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it later this week on the Jets preview show. For now, thank you for joining us on the same old Dolphin show. For Aaron the Brain, this is Josh. We'll talk to you again next time. Go Dolphins! Miami's got the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from